Good evening and welcome to Horror. I'm Lee. I'm Chris. I'm Adam. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Yay. It was uh, till I watched some of these films, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we are going to uh, be mildly spoiling uh, the things we've covered. We're going to try our best. Yeah. But we are going to swear. So be aware. Swears are plenty. Um and uh, yeah, we'll we'll be a little bit spoilery, but not too heavy, if if at all possible. Um, we should yeah. mention names and dates. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yes, so obviously we've just had the lovely Christmas period, um, where we had some fantastic specials this year, as we often do. Um, and I think there's a couple that before we get into what we've been watching individually. We would be remiss not to uh, throw a spotlight on. Mm-hmm. Um, so first, as I know all three of us have seen it, the Christmas special of Inside Number Nine. Oh, yeah. What were your thoughts, gentlemen? I'll go. I, I was very impressed. And I was wondering, is it going to be as good as, uh, what was it, the, the devil... The Devil of Christmas, because oh, yeah. we'd, we'd just seen that, and it was like, oh, are they going to manage to do it as good as that? Because that was, you know, unbelievable. And I, I'm tempted to say, yeah, I think they really mm. did a great job of this. But what did you think, Adam? Much the same, because of, and that's the trouble as well, is because you're in a weird way you're doing, you're giving it a harsher grilling because you've just watched yeah. Devil of Christmas. Which is um, unreasonable, but they, they do push us to this sort of level of, of unreasonable expectation. Well, well, yeah. And then they live up to it. If the only yardstick you've got is yourself, you're doing yeah. something right. You know what I mean? And um, But no, Bones of St. Nicholas was just absolutely great. And again, just another brilliant example of how they build characters through sort of suggestion. Mm. You know, I think we didn't know the exact reason why a character was there, but we know enough it's that when they're sort of dropping in lies yeah. and things like that, that you're like, all oh, right, so this is... There is something going on. Something's up. And, yeah. And, and, and even the twist with the character development, again, with, uh, was it Pierce? Reese Shearsmith's, where mm. he comes in and he's like this annoying kind of a... Uh, just too much, and then you learn enough about him that by the end yeah. you're like, yeah, no, that that worked really yeah. well. You, you realise how much of it is bravado and act mm. because there's a, what? a sadness there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so I thought well Shabba done Galati in such a short was, time. Shabba Galati as well was like, mm. they were just brilliant as a couple. I thought they were just fucking great. Yeah. yeah. I said, I know her because uh, she used to be, was it Coronation Street she used to be in? Mm. I okay. think she was in Cory, but she was in um, she was in Dinner Ladies as well. And she was oh yeah, I, that. That I was, didn't yeah. see that. So I kind of knew her, but I've not really seen anything of her. Uh, yeah, mm. oh, she was fantastic, really, yeah. really good. Yeah. Again, really sold that character mm. um, in such a short space of time, which is which is you know one of their uh, one of their great strengths in this show. I think is how they yeah. they pick the right actor for the for mm. the Definitely. role. Yeah, and, and squeeze so much in. And that's and not then, even to mention Simon Kello. Well, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And not only that, but also um sort of just after just after we'd finished watching it, Claire said, Imagine that you've written that ghost story yeah. that it tells. Yeah. And then it's like, Oh, and by the way, Simon Callow's delivery. Do like, right, okay, so you, you could just do that. You could take that out. Yeah. You've you've done. There's the episode. Like yeah, that, yeah you could do like a little <laughs> Sort of ten minutes on YouTube of just that, and it'd be yeah. like, yeah, no, that was fucking brilliant, and it wasn't mm. without any of the rest of the plot. And then, that, and that's also with the sort of silly comedy little bits they threw in, still didn't, you know, it still had a lot of gravitas from him in the mm. telling. Yeah, it again, never, perfectly blended. Yeah, exactly. It never sort of it broke the tension, but, but in an intentional way. Yeah, and mm. then they still managed to ramp it back up, mm. literally by the next scene. You. Back on the edge of your seat again. It's fantastically crafted. So well done. Um, I did actually, this is the first time ever in an inside number nine. I think they broadcast it more. Um, Yeah, I did work out the twist about halfway through, which I've never done before. Mm. Um, 
But yeah, again, because it's them, it like I think I know where she's going, but I could very easily be totally off the mark. So, oh, yeah. yeah. So it's it, it's still exciting watching it because you're like, am I right? Is is this what's mm. going on? Or have they fed me this and actually they're going down a different route with it? Yeah. But Although, yeah. Fun, funnily enough, it's the first time, my, uh, despite the fact she would love it, it's the first episode of Inside Number Nine that my mum's ever watched. Oh, right. Yeah. And she got, and she, worked out the twist it's like, mm. because that that was always her forte whatever oh, really? it was, like tales of the unexpected she loves a mystery no but she would always do it she, <laughs> she's she's a nightmare with detective shows mm. and anthologies of twist in the tale stuff and things like that because she always fucking twits it <laughs> you know it just goes to prove that she's got a devious criminal mind i think <laughs> explains where you get it from yeah, true. I was going to say, is this after you've tried to, you know, come up with all sorts of rationalizations as to why some strange thing has happened? And she's like, no, you did it. I, I know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's pretty accurate, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's still up as far as I'm aware on the iPlayer. So anyone who didn't see it, I think we managed to not spoil it. Uh, oh, it was it's fantastic. I, I know we mm. say it every time with Inside Number Nine, but they just seem to they started at such a high quality. Mm. And for mm. all of the episodes, they've managed to maintain it all the way through. Uh, mm. Yeah. And again, this was just a, and, it, and the problem is every time I watch it, well, not the problem, but I watch it every time thinking it's got a slip. They at some can't point. have managed They to... can't have done it again. <laughs> and then they do every time. It's oh, mm. always a creep. Mm. Uh, and in a similar vein, the next thing uh, we need to discuss, of course, is Mark Gatiss' uh, ghost story for Christmas. Uh, the telling of M.R. James Count Magnus. Mm. Um, Adam, what did you think? I enjoyed it. I don't think it's one of his best, mm. to be honest, but then I don't know if it's a story that's as televisual. Yeah. Mm. You know, so I think, because obviously for... for that, Have you read it? Had you read it? So, yes. so I haven't seen this, so I'm learning from both of you this time, but yeah, yeah okay, no, so you no, had... No. I yeah. have I had read it a long, long time ago, but I have okay. read it. And... I read it the day before it aired again, just to refresh uh, my yeah. memory. <laughs> ah, so you would be aware, and I'm not spoiling anything here, of the change of narration. Yes. Yeah. So, which apparently was something that, because Mark Gates said that he felt it needed. I read an interview with him, and he said, "Oh, I need. I changed it slightly, but it needed narration because of the beautiful." turns of phrase that mr james has in the story yeah and i agree on that one but also if your story needs narration you possibly try and pick something a bit more visual yeah. you know in a way but um no i mean it's still brilliant i mean jason watkins is just fucking brilliant anyway i mean he's yeah. always great value and just one of those amazing actors who really goes the range of like comic to pathetic, to absolutely hateful bastard mm-hmm. over so many roles that it's just, you know, he's a real, he's just brilliant. He really does seem to be very adaptive. Uh, reminds me a lot of Toby Jones, actually. It's that similar sort of thing where it's like, how come you played this character that I could have cried for in this thing? And in this thing, I want to fucking kill you because yeah. you're such yeah. shit, <laughs> But, um... It was yeah, one, of, was... one of the highlights for me when the you know when the trailer came out and obviously the main picture was of him in the mm. in the period garb and I was like yep that's it this is this is going to be good I know it's going to be solid and yeah and I, I, I liked the sort of modern coda that they added in as well which mm. I don't think is that's not spoiling anything but it's uh, yeah I no but I I, I think because I'd watched the uh, they've released all of Mark Gates's previous ghost stories on DVD, so I'd watched them prior to it, um, and obviously coming off the mezzotint as well, which I just think was, you know, that and um, oh, can't think of what the first one he did was. Um, oh, the Tractate Midder. Thank you. Yes, Tractate Midder. Th- those two are just just, just say that so, again. So good. A tractate middeth. Tractate middeth. It's a reference to a, uh, a library book, a textbook. Uh. Uh, 
Um, but again, yeah, that was that's just fantastic. But uh, I did love the little nod as well in this one when he was going through the uh, through the bookshelf. And he mm. came across as the, the book, and I was like, "Yep, that's a reference to his previous one. I like that." That yeah. makes a smile. Um, no, actually, no. So speaking of the Mezzotint, I also uh, following Adam's recommendation and uh, a recommendation from a family member a few months ago who told me about it. Uh, got to Somerset House to the horror show exhibition mm-hmm. yesterday, um, where they had the three three of the original prints used in the Mezzotint uh, as part yep. of the exhibit, oh, and oh, oh, it was. Amazing, really, really good, and various uh, and re- e- e- both uh, Reese and Steve's severed heads. Yeah, which is a well. <laughs> <laughs> what what were they used in? Um, this they both well uh, Reese's head was from Inside Number Nine. It was from the Halloween episodes that they did. Oh, I think like, that was, like, uh, was that Steve's head. It was the Halloween one that had been carved into the jack-o'-lantern. Yeah, that's from Cyberville, yeah. And the other head... Didn't think oh, no, the other, the other head's oh, Reese from the Inside Number 9 Halloween special. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, uh, Deadline. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Deadline, yeah. Um, Because there's a bit where... Because his severed head is a prop in it, but then as it goes on, that is left out and he finds his own... Yes, that's right. ...prop as part of the story. <laughs> Um, and yeah, the Hall- it's the Psychoville Halloween of Steve mm-hmm. where he's carved into the Jack O'Lantern. Um, yeah. yeah, it's great fucking show. Really, yeah. Really good. yeah, I, I mean, it, it was a great exhibition as well. Yeah, you know, the Marvel. That's, that's, sorry, that's what I meant. Yeah, the, yeah, the book from Prevenge. Like, it, mm. the artwork that's there, I liked. Uh, but obviously, mm. being a massive geek. Yeah, it was the movie props and stuff that were yeah. there. Um, yeah, that really caught my imagination. Um, Christopher Lee's signed script, The Wicker Man. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Fantastic. So, yeah, I would recommend everyone to go and see it. But I think by the time this airs, uh, it's probably finished. Oh no, I think I think it's going on till about April. Oh, is it really? Oh, I thought yeah, it was it's, it's got quite a long. Because I think I went the first week because it was I went to that same day I met. Um, Garth Marenghi, yeah. And, oh, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, but it's uh, and that was like the opening week, so I think, yeah, I think it's going on till like maybe March or April, it's, right? In that case, everybody get down to Somerset House on the appointment, yeah. uh, yeah, and, and have a walk around the exhibit, it's really good. Uh, mm. yeah, it's I, I'm one of those people, I always go to these exhibits, and then I'm not much of a sort of museum art gallery but so i get really excited and then i go and then within about half an hour i'm normally like right yeah i've seen everything i need to see now let's <laughs> let's get out of here and go and find lunch but yeah I, i'd wander around for about an hour and a half and had a great time so yeah um sorry yes so i've dragged us away so that's everything we have covered together over the christmas period so now, what we have been watching, let's start with Chris. What horror okay. have you been watching? So, I decided to watch the, the Witcher new series. Oh. It's a four-part mini-series, right? But I'm not going to cover that because it, it, like, I enjoyed it, but it seems like when I looked up some info, tons of people hated it. Like just so much, and and I like I know we talked about the previous one. I quite enjoyed that, um, and I was looking forward to season three. But then I also saw um, that Henry Cavill is not; he's no longer in it after season three. So I don't know. There's something weird going on there. Like it, this is might go on. I was going to say apparently there was because there was a thing because Henry Cavill's not Superman anymore, mm, and okay. and there was a whole big thing because I think at one point he was a bit anti-vax. Right, and I think okay. there was a bit of an outcry with people going, oh, he's been chucked off because he's like... But mm. interestingly enough, it's there's also a rumour going around that Henry Cavill has cancelled a lot of stuff just about the same sort of time that they're looking for the new James Bond. <laughs> oh, right. Okay, I can see those two. <laughs> interesting. Yeah, <laughs> Henry Cavill's like a name that's been in there for a, in that pot for you a while. You could see, yeah. yeah. Okay, well, um, so that's probably, see what unfolds there. Yeah, so, that could so be, that, I mean, it could be utter bollocks, but yeah. <laughs> but yeah, oh, it's, so it's called Blood Origin, um, and it explains how The Witcher came about. And, uh, yeah, for me, I enjoyed it. I knew nothing about The Witcher aside from having seen season one and two episodes of season two, and it seemed like a fair 
uh, backstory, pretty short. But yeah, just a few of the comments I looked at and the reviews just seemed to be like Netflix is upsetting a lot of hardcore Witcher fans. I, I was going to say, if this is hardcore fans, it, I think it must be. Just, just, just ignore it because no, well, because. because <sighs> And I speak as a fan who does it himself. Yeah. You just hate everything that's new. Yeah, possibly. Because it's, it's like, oh, why did they it's do not that? Quite, I yeah. like that in my imagination. Or mm. what did they, I mean, we're, not, we're, not quite up to, we're not quite up to the level of Star Wars fans with hatred of... Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, but I'd be tempted I know, to... I know to agree, I mean, fan not, bases, you know. but I, I, I wondered whether that would apply to a prequel that explains it as much. But it, it mm. may be, I don't know, I guess we'll find out. Um, but I, I, I must admit, when I watched it, I was watching it from a this is fun action fantasy. I'm happy, mm. you know, that's that's pretty much it. I wasn't really looking for the deepest storyline ever necessarily. But maybe if I'd played the games or read the books, then I might have started to think a bit like um, Game of Thrones and the last season and particularly the last mm. few episodes. Like, yeah, it, you know, you can definitely see the comparison. It's not as good. But, you know, but anyway, so what I was going to do was actually something that impressed me and fitted with um, uh, one of our guests that we had on, Lee, your friend Adam Laws. Yes. Who asked us a question about are there new kids programs yeah and i think we might have mentioned it again since um and i've seen one season uh sorry one series that i was really impressed by i saw a few episodes called gravity falls that i think did a really good job of being perhaps a more modern kind of a scooby-doo lots mm. of mystery lots of different types of uh monsters and and sort of horror oh, wow. themes yeah and, and I, I like i was really impressed with the writing of that from what i'd seen and uh, toby and eve loved it um and then again so i've sort of been trying to look out what else is is coming out for kids that's new and um, my daughter started really getting into this thing called zombies which is by disney it's on disney plus mm. and at first huh? i was like oh, sounds a bit silly and she kept getting us to play the music and eventually you know soon the car will listen to music and i'm starting to get used to the songs it's like yeah, they sound all right okay and then yep. i'm walking through and i'm just seeing a few clips where she's playing so there's three films zombies one two and three and uh yeah and i'm sort of sitting a bit okay it seems kind of fun but it's a it's a full-on musical so for a start lee you would struggle with it i was just about to write <laughs> yeah. it down and then i was like nope this is I, I don't think it's worth you watching but i would definitely say adam it might be interesting and um ted is probably too young for the themes throughout the stories but you know at some point you might want to check it out and see if it's any good but i, I just thought mm. they did do a decent enough job of the uh, so the first film is zombies and it's about uh zombies have now got this thing called z bands that reduce their zombie effect makes them more human-like because they don't look as scary and they no longer need to eat brains so then they can start to integrate back with the humans so you mm-hmm. say, right, this sounds ridiculous. Fair enough. And it is it is a, you know, it's a... I think if your premise starts with there's these zombies... <laughs> you can go anywhere you know, from there. Well, really. anywhere, really. Sure, right, yeah. Um, but, you know, and it, yeah, it's, it's a fun film after watching it. And then the, the second one is all about werewolves. So they're now the outsiders and they then come into it and zombies are trying to sort of teach the werewolves to be a bit more reasonable and, and get on with the humans. Um, and again, yeah, it was, it's very entertaining. And it, there's a few moments of horror-ish, but it's not going to scare many children. Yeah. Um, just some slightly eerie bits. Um, and when they get a bit angry with each other. But, you know, and, and then, then Zombies 3 actually brings in aliens. So it's sort of it's oh, covering, oh. Cover, it's covering a bit of a one. And I was thinking, like, all right, we're starting to push it now. We've got zombies, werewolves coming to it. Like, no, aliens. But again, I quite enjoyed it. It's, mm. you know. So yeah, at some point, it'll be interesting to see what you think if you try. Yeah, I might have to run it. I might have to run it past him because he's because I mean he oh. loves he loves Wendell and Wild, and can I just say if you can get them into that, Chris, at least you can listen to some yeah, decent okay. music in the car. Uh, like so, and so what is that? Color and stuff. Is that Wendell and Wild? Wendell and Wild. Okay. I think I discussed it on yeah one of that's... our previous ones, but yeah, that's definitely worth showing, and that is. That's essentially for twelve. That's like a so. This is the stop motion one. Okay, so, right. Yeah. So, so this was the trouble. I tried playing um, 
Nightmare Before Christmas, and it is the stop motion that for some reason was just too weird for mm. my daughter to to watch. Yeah. Kind of she, she's nine, but yeah, I don't know. She just could not get comfortable with it, and it might yeah. be she really hasn't seen much like that. So perhaps there's there's something kind of uncanny just about mm. most stop yeah. motion anyway. Um, but you know, I'll I'll have a look. I mean, it looks slightly more modern. Well, I think because Ted, um, the reason we sort of picked up on it was more because Ted liked Coraline. Yeah, like stop yeah, motion okay. Coraline, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which again is the same guy who did Nightmare uh, Before Christmas. But I think every yeah. time it's getting more and more refined mm. you know so but equally yeah sometimes it is just that thing where stop motion can be fucking weird yeah yeah but so yeah no, we'll give this that's a that's half of the ray harryhausen thing is although it looks great there is also the thing that the skeletons are just the fighting skeletons are just slightly more <laughs> creepy when they're stop motion than if they yeah. were yeah. actually in the room you know <laughs> excellent uh adam what have you been checking out? Uh, well, first off, I'm going to uh, mention a film called She Will. Um, and I believe that they had the Skull's Bridal from She Will at the horror exhibition. So you might have seen that. Yes, I did see um, that. And I wasn't quite sure what that was, but I did make yeah. a mental note to check it out. Yeah. Well, She Will is uh, directed by Charlotte Colbert. Uh, Charlotte Colbert who is a mixed media artist and photographer who's now directing. I mean, she's directed like short films and stuff for installations and things like that, but this is her first sort of actual film film. Hmm. Um, and um, basically it stars uh, Alice Krieg, uh, Alice Krieger from uh, Silent Hill. She's the Borg queen in uh, Star Trek Next Generation. And uh, basically, she plays an actress who, uh, an older actress who has um, just had a a double mastectomy. Mm -hmm. And so she's going away to recuperate. She goes away with this young nurse and she goes away to this retreat that she believes is going to be just her in this big rambling house. When she gets there, unfortunately, Rupert Everett and a bunch of dickheads are running an artist's retreat there. And Rupert Everett is just fantastically just an awful, boorish sort of, um, yeah, well, that's what we want to do. You know, what we're going to do is we're going to vibe the crystals first, <laughs> uh, you know, and uh, then we can sit and, um, yeah, but uh, so she goes down there. and But also there's a lot of interest in her because she was in a film years ago directed by Malcolm McDowell. Not actually directed by Malcolm McDowell, but directed by a character played by Malcolm McDowell. And it's a touch um, sort of Polanski-ish, where it's like, what are the rumours about what happened because she was a young girl when she was on the set and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, But basically, it is, despite how that might sound, it is actually pretty funny, but also just magnificently just uh, uh, someone coming into their own Mm. and the title she will is more an idea of like feminine agency rather than oh she will do that it's she will the will of she and basically yeah i mean it's sort of there's a lot of basically it's this place in scotland that um had seen a lot of witch burnings and she starts to get quite sort of um quite at home there and um it's um i don't want to go too far further than that but genuinely definitely worth checking out it's one i would even say we do on the show because i Mm. think it's like it's a new one and it is genuinely good and and the best part hour and a half oh nice so so i'm describing it as arty but not farty (laughs) so it, it does a lovely level it builds menace it builds characters but it doesn't fucking drag yeah yeah you know as as some of those as some films can in that sort of thing where it's like you know um and yeah basically pricks get what's coming to them and that's a good thing to see in a film (laughs) excellent um uh, that being said uh my my first choice uh is also I don't want to give too much away, but may be something very similar. 
Um, I mm. caught up with the recent movie, The Menu. Oh, now I am very intrigued by The Menu, I must say. It was, I really enjoyed it. Um, cool. It, I don't think it's going to be a, a classic, but it does something very different. It does it very well. It does it with an absolutely outstanding cast. Uh, yeah, and I'd say, again, I'm not going to go into anything because I knew nothing about it apart from it was a sort of horror, black comedy. And uh, apart from that, I knew nothing. Um, mm. And it was it's funny because I'd said to Jennifer, it's a horror comedy. And she turned to me about a third of the way through because it starts off, as these things all, always do, quite heavy on the comedy and it sort of just gets you into the characters and stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then when it goes slightly sideways, she suddenly went, Oh yeah, it's a horror, isn't it? I was like, Oh yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> um, but yeah, really clever, really well thought out. Yeah. And, and totally original, which yeah. uh, obviously I always like. Um, what, I've, what I've seen about it. I really, I've been really baited breath to see it because it does look you know, it, it did look really, really good. Yeah, it, it, it is. And again, I mean, won't go further than that. <laughs> no, as I, and the performances in it, I say it's been so well cast. Um, everybody in it just absolutely hits it out of the park. Those who I know and those who I don't. Mm. Um, I, I did struggle in the first five minutes uh, with Ralph Fiennes because um, I did just keep thinking, don't eat anything that Voldemort cooks you. But... Um, I, I soon got over that and managed to separate him from the character. Although I've seen him in loads of stuff, he's just so good in that that I now just see him as Voldemort in everything. <laughs> see for me, see, see for me, it's probably um, you call my kids a cunt, you cunt. <laughs> it's probably where I first go with Ray Fines, oddly enough. Um, but equally, oh, and I watched Spider the other day. I rewatched Spider, the um, David Cronenberg film with Ray Fiennes. Oh yeah. Oh fuck me, that's bleak. So <laughs> I'd, I'd apologise to Claire after that. It was like, sorry, oh, yeah, it's, it's pretty. Yeah, it's pretty just horrible, isn't it? But um, <laughs> um, but also, I cannot get out of my head now. Someone pointed out that he looks a bit like Leonard Rossiter. Oh my and god! That, yeah, he does. Yeah, and that really fucks <laughs> the thing up then. You know, Schindler's List. Like, what are you doing there, Miss Chet? But yeah, I, I get a chance. If you get a chance, definitely see it. Um, mm -hmm. I again, it was one of those. I thought it's a big budget movie. It's got a lot of names in it. I was like, I know they say it's horror, but is it gonna be a bit build for the mainstream more than a horror audience? Mm. Uh, yeah, no, I, I thought it was. Yeah, very well done, and a lot more thought provoking than I was expecting as well. So, oh, nice, yeah, definite recommend. Oh. Chris, back to you. Oh, well, I, um, I'm following up with a, a real heavy hitter now. So, so Christmas and New Year's 2022 to 23 is probably going to be remembered somewhat by Adam recommending that I watch Wise Owl inside number nine. <laughs> <laughs> followed followed by possum to, oh. to begin to begin the new year in, so, in that case chris <laughs> check out spider with ray Fiennes. i was gonna say yeah you know start as you mean to go on <laughs> like, so yeah perhaps i'll do that <laughs> i'm sure it can't get much worse <laughs> yeah so uh so yeah um, you know if you like bleak desolate lonely uh where is this going kind of horror uh experiences then yeah possums right up your alley yeah well of course yes fascinating um and and like so it's matthew holness yeah and it's it is it is dark place with zero or possibly anti-comedy <laughs> pretty much yeah. it's like if you just sucked out all of the comedy still like because dark place does have a sort of grittiness to it in the way that it's shot and mm, presented yeah, it, and the whole look of it. And this, it does have something similar. It's really just, oh, you, you feel like you're sort of getting into his head, I guess. And, it feels uh, like, it feels like your socks are wet. <laughs> yeah. That's a yeah. very good way. You know what I mean? It's Some, like, something it's... needs to be done here. 
Like, yeah, it just feels like you're sort of like, oh, just a bit. I'm, yeah, I'm damp. But, but, but it's all right, all right, it's like it's like that. But you're climbing a mountain, and you need to get to the top here. You know, mm. you've, you've got to see this this through because there's something something worth happening. But like, oh, and and then so so I might you know mustn't give it away. But essentially, he's like a disgraced puppeteer. Mm. And that's pretty much all you know, and you're just figuring out really from the responses the way he is with people, and and then when he, he um, so he's he's heading home. I guess I can say this: he's heading home after something's happened, and he goes to his uh, his childhood home, which is in Norfolk, and it's a rather rundown house. And then his uncle is there, who is played by. Um, he's- Alan, Alan Armstrong, isn't it? Alan Armstrong. So I, I, I don't know him, but well, he's quite, quite something as well. And and both of them playing off against each other is, yeah. And yeah. that that is most of the film, really. Is it's pretty much two hands between them, yeah. and, and and Sean Harris and his own fucking psyche. Yeah, yeah. And, and let's face it, Sean Harris is turned up at that point. You're going. Oh, it's like Olivia Colman's turned up in this British film. I might as well slash my wrist now. Because, you know, you know, he never turns up in, like, you know, a screwball comedy. Or... But, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he looks like he's made for the part, essentially. Just yeah. Absolutely the... amazing. Incidentally, the possum puppet is another thing that's at the horror exhibition as well. Ah, uh, okay. Creeping yeah. out of a box and looking absolutely mm. fucking horrendous. Yeah. Because um, it is actually based on... Uh, Matt Holness wrote it as a short story. I, I had it in a collection called Phobic that oh, okay. I bought years ago, but mostly on the strength that Matt Holness had a horror story in it. And mm. it's kind of from that. But to be honest, the film makes more... makes the 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 film makes the short story make more sense and vice versa in a weird way like they're both quite almost obscure yeah yeah um but they sort of yeah and alan Alan armstrong is one of those actors who's just turned up his stuff all the time but um and returning the favor chris because obviously you you got me split second for Mm. uh christmas and he's in that playing hours northern boss that is but, he's a, it's, but it's basically, you know, the sort of like, what are you talking about, Blatashki? I'm going to take your bitch. <laughs> but done by a northerner. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? You're a pair of fucking pricks. What are you doing out there shooting all this? Yeah, that, that sounds good. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's, 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 it's a fucking intense film. And it's mm. it, almost to the point where I feel that Matt Holness was almost like, right, I can't put anything funny in this because I want to do... I want to be able to do horror films. Yeah. Mm. Okay. So it's almost like, right, we're right. No jokes. No yeah. lights in a way. But yeah. Yeah. What? What? So yeah. So I can't give it away, but I, I did like the ending. Yes. Yeah. I think it, it, it was well done. It See, also. I- it also. Just oddly reminds me of my childhood. Not in a fucking, <laughs> not not literally. Not in, not in those. No, but just like that sort of the the landscape of it. Mm, yeah, where it's just yeah. out in fields and yeah. like old hard standing and abandoned yeah, warehouses and stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. See, I don't remember the end, and I, uh, I, okay. I do feel I should rewatch it. But again, because I wasn't prepared for it the first time. <laughs> I just mm. come away. It was so bleak. I was like, yeah. oh, I just yeah. can't do that again. But I, I, I do need to because I, I do think now I've, I'm prepared for it, I think I'll get mm. more out of it the second time, to be honest. Yeah. Well, the imagery, along with the soundscapes and sound effects, was there even any music? There was, is music, but it's... It's, it's um, very... It's the BBC Radiophonic Workshop mm, who okay. basically built Doctor Who and most of BBC Radio for... Yeah, okay. And they went, but they've because the BBC doesn't have it anymore. They're now just the Radiophonic Workshop, but it's mm. a load of guys together who used to work there, and they've done the soundtrack to it, and it's fucking amazing. It is, yeah. But but, but it is that thing of it's practically sound design. Yeah, yeah. It's like sound design of someone's internal conflict rather than absolutely. Yeah. You know, it's like, 
Yeah, yeah. I suppose that's why I'm sort of thinking of it as yeah, more sound effects, soundscapes. I remember sort of percussive bits, but yeah, absolutely, just fitted the imagery and the feel and the state of mind. Yeah, just so well done. Yeah, and I'm assuming it's not on a big budget. I don't think it was a particularly big budget. I don't think it was even that that long a shoot. I think they only did mm, that. Okay. About, I think they did it in about two weeks or something. Yeah, God, it was like a real going, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. To well, not fair, that, like, but... you'd want to get out of that as fast as humanly. <laughs> oh, that's that's true. It's like blaze, blaze through this, grit your teeth, yeah, and and in, and in two weeks you can stop being these characters. <laughs> so, so I don't know. I mean, what does this say then? This is the start. So you reckon Spider next now? Can can this year just go down and down and down? Can it get much, much harder than this? Or am I just going to end up going right back up towards the end of the year and finish on Gremlins or something? <laughs> I think it's always the way to go. It's the best yeah. place to start. Just head, head up. Yeah. yeah. You can, it's, it's a classic case of things can only get better. Exactly. Because yeah, well, that is true. Although, like I say, if you watch Spider, that is it. You've done you've done a fucking trilogy there of this, like this could be my, my December January. Well, the reason I watched Spider was because they'd mentioned it in mm. the making of uh, Inside Number Nine, the making of Wise Out. Is uh, they said one okay. of the things with Spider, and I was like, oh shit, I haven't seen that film for years. Mm. And yeah, it's just yeah, oh, blindly mm. Riley. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Uh, so, Adam, what's your next pick? Uh, my next pick is something that I've seen associated with the menu. So I'm kind of mm. thinking, uh, and again, bit of a weird one. It kind of touches into horror, but I really kind of regard it as a comedy. Mm. Um, but it was a film called Flux Gourmet, which uh, came out last year. And it's directed by Peter Strickland, who did um, Barbarian Sound Studio and In Fabric and um, uh, Catelyn Varga. And, but um, basically, it's a band of sonic caterers. And just to put that in context, that's people who make avant-garde soundscapes f from food preparation. Uh, uh, not a common thing, but the way the film presents it to you is like someone said, oh, there's a blues band have come in. <laughs> that's, that's that's the best bit about it, is that it kind of sort of like treats it as like, oh, yeah, no, everyone knows what that is. <laughs> but um, but Peter Strickland used to be in a band called the Sonic Catering Band, and I've got a couple of their albums, and they are just bizarre. Um, they are just the sounds of cooking, but then you delay stuff, you affect stuff, you loop stuff, you twist it, mm. and you get sounds you know um and basically it's this trio who turn up to the institute of sonic catering which is run by gwendolyn christie and who is fucking brilliant in it in mm. she is just a, a, i mean for a start she's dressed every fucking scene she is dressed like something from fucking um the fifth element she's just like mm -hmm. so extraordinarily sort of quaffed like you know couture mm. to the point of madness um but she's it, this like really passive aggressively um sort of pleasant woman um who basically worms her way into the mind of this band who are like there's three of them um the leader is uh, fatma muhammad who's in loads of peter i think she's been in all of peter strickland's films mm. and basically um, they have a bit of a set too because she's like, well, I think maybe take a bit of advice from me. With regard, it's like, no, you're you're doing my artistic integrity and you're fucking with me. And no, this is, it. and it all sort of goes pear shaped and weird. And you've got Makis uh, Papadimitriou, who is the kind of identification figure of the film, who is the the archivist for the Sonic Catering Institute. So he's documenting all that's happening, but he's also seeing his doctor about he's got stomach trouble and he can't work out what it is and he's just mortally embarrassed about belching and farting in front of people. And it's... I put... I put I said about... I wrote about it on Instagram and I put... It's like Spinal Tap for Nurse with Wound fans. Mm. So... And the thing I really liked about it was... It's a comedy, but it's the situations 
it's, sorry, it's the characters that are arising in the situation that make it funny and like blistering arguments about the use of a flanger and sort of stuff that stuff that I can oddly relate to. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but also it's, but the, the great thing I liked about it is that avant-garde music and bowel trouble were not the funny things in so much as you could do an obvious film where a guy's like, oh, have to sneak outside and fart. And do you know what I mean? There'd be fart gags or, oh, look at these daft people. This ain't fucking proper music, is it? Mm. None of that's in there. It is just like the the sort of weird little combative situation that all these people find themselves in. Mm. And actually, and a big mark goes to the guy playing the doctor in it, Richard Bremer, who is a masterclass in smug old bastardry. <laughs> he is just such a git. He just really is. He's just pompous and opinionated and fond of himself and needs the last word and everything. There's this poor guy who's like, right, have I got stomach cancer or have I got, what have I got wrong with me? And he's like, well, you know, I mean, well, everyone's going to die, aren't they? <laughs> now, what do you mean you've not read Hippocrates? You said you're a writer, right? And yeah, it, but it's 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 one of those films where it's like I really think that people would just enjoy it mm. if you can just get over the weird leap that you have to make for the initial concept. Yeah. Mm. Other than that, it is a funny fucking film, and and it also has moments that verge into horror mm-hmm. as well. So there's sort of like there's some visceral sort of scenes and stuff like that. But overall, yeah, it's yeah, like I said, Spinal Tap for people who've listened to ones does end more about or the amanda gallas sort of stuff yeah <laughs> nice that definitely sounds interesting I, one of those films you have to be in the right headspace for but oh, I yeah. Think, yeah yeah i think so but like i say if you can get past that initial concept of what what because <laughs> i'd imagine if you went into it absolutely blind you'd just be like oh, what, what the fuck sonic what, <laughs> what, what and it sort of yeah robs you of the ability to just get on with the characters and just enjoy the sort of weirdness of it excellent right mm. that's that definitely sounds like a, a, a recommend as well um, so i finally caught up i've been trying to track this movie down for ages and i haven't been able to do so and adam mentioned that he'd seen it fairly recently again uh so i was like right that's it i'm definitely going to track down a copy uh so i finally saw the amicus movie uh torture garden mm. ah yes yeah, I I really enjoyed it. I, it's mm. it's one of those. It wasn't in the box set, and whenever I've tried to get it, I've only been able to find it really expensive. But I managed to track a copy down and get it. Um, mm. Oh yeah, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. It's it's great. It, it is a, a true amicus movie. Um, mm. Bit darker than some of the others. But yeah. Yeah, like the vignettes themselves are quite... I mean, the wraparound uh, was a little bit uh, creepier as well. Mm. But, yeah, it just... Yeah, it, it it wasn't what I was expecting. I th- I think that's why I didn't... I think I saw part of it before and didn't get all the way through, and I couldn't remember why. And I think that's why it was. I think it was darker than I was expecting, and then mm. I think it was on TV, and I sort of caught it on the iPlayer or whatever. Saw about 15 minutes of it. And then when I was in the mood, I came back, it had gone. I was like, oh, I'll have to track that down. And I just couldn't. Um, but yeah, Peter Cushing opposite uh, Jack Palance. I didn't think that that chemistry would be anything like it was. What's an outstanding yeah. performance they both put in. It is so good. And and just so... Um, uh, oh, what's his bloody name? Burgess Meredith as well, because there's a lot more... Yeah sort of there's a lot more american names in it than usual for an amicus i think that was kind of part of the selling point i presume you know i mean they just british films get in american actors because they know they've got a safe bet um getting getting it seen or distributed in the states Mm. but burgess meredith is the um like the wraparound figure like the sort of crypt keeper figure yeah and he's just fucking great because it is just yeah He's just bloody horrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I, I, it's got all those trademark, you know, all the the garish colours, and mm. it, and again, having it sort of having it all in that sort of like the the freak show type circus tent 
type yeah carnival sort of thing yeah yeah sort of allowed them to go up to 11 with everything with all the (laughs) yeah like the use of light and color and everything and just give it that sort of dark dingy feel at the same time yeah oh yeah it was an absolute this is definitely one that's going to be back on my regular rewatch list um and i'm just glad it took me so long well, it's got to be. It's got to be said. We've, you know, we've covered a lot of amicus, but we've still got a lot of amicus to cover. Yes. So it's definitely. You'll have to come up on our on the show at some point. Oh, definitely. Uh, oh, Michael Ripper in it as well. That's always always yes. nice when he turns up in something like that. That always makes me smile. And he's actually got quite a good. He's got like quite a a big part rather than. Usually, yes. he's like sort of. He's. I mean, Michael Ripper's always brilliant, but he's usually sort of like. Oh, he's the barman. I was just the, about to say he's always the tavern owner, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I don't want to give anything away about any of those vignettes. Uh, but yeah, a really good, really strong entry. So I was glad to finally catch up. Is it another one where you can't go wrong with an anthology? Yeah. <laughs> have, we, have we found a bad one yet? <laughs> Weirdly enough, I think the only bad anthologies tend to be, I find they tend to be the ones where it's like, Oh, several directors have done yeah. short films because they don't hang together as well. Mm. And even then, there's some brilliant ones of those. I mean, like Field Guide to Evil is fucking great. Yeah. Which is all like various directors from around the world. And that's really, really good. But well, yeah, uh, those ABCs like, of Death as well was, uh, mm. was a, a fun watch. ABCs of Death. But again, it's one of those weird ones where it actually increases that thing that you get with anthology films of oh well if there's a crap one at least there'll be a good one coming along in a minute but sometimes it can be just like no I've just completely zoned out of this whole (laughs) this whole aesthetic that this this team have presented you know (laughs) Um, I've never seen number two though what's that I've never seen ABC's of Death Number Two. I think I, I think I did, but I not. But I don't think I've rewatched either of them, and I don't need to because I enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, I think because it's so jumpy and stuff, like mm. it's never quite what I'm in the mood for. Because I'm like, well, I'll be in the mood for a few of them, but then it just but not the weird cartoon 26. ones. That, yeah, yeah. It's it's a tad daunting as well when it's like, oh shit, because yeah, because the concept is, with Chris is all of the films are A four, B four. And mm. so on and so forth. So you get okay. twenty six short films over the course of like it's probably about two and a half hours, isn't it? I yeah. think. Um, that's interesting. But again, again, that... if it's one I've not seen it for a long time, so maybe that's another one we need to bung on mm. the list. I'd love to do that for the show because I think there's mm. so much to talk about in those. Yeah, I yeah. Can make a note of that right now. Uh, mm-hmm. On that subject, actually, uh, we should discuss what we are covering on our next episode. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so we are we haven't got a theme as yet, but I suddenly realised that Adam and I obsess slightly over this film and somehow we've never shown it to Chris. Uh, so anybody who hasn't seen the film that's coming up, before I tell you what it is, you probably haven't seen it because it was a very lesser known film. But do yourself a favour, don't watch a trailer, don't read anything. Just get hold of a copy of is it the perfect? It is a perfect host, isn't it? Not the perfect host. I thought it was the perfect host. I'm Ooh. just checking now to make sure. Yes, it is. It is the perfect host from 2010. Is that Sorry. is is that Niles? It is. Yes. Niles. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's crazy. David Hyde. Oh, yeah, I should, I should, I should know his name, but yeah. I've only seen him in Frasier. I don't think I've seen him in anything else. You seen him in The Simpsons? Oh well, well okay. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Played Let's... by Joe Bob's brother. Yeah, being yeah. slightly. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, this yes. film is. Mm. Yeah, I say it. It's it's a much lesser known film. I heard it mentioned on a podcast. Actually, funnily enough, uh, I think it was the same guy who told me or didn't tell me who mentioned all about evil, which is why mm. I looked down. Oh, yes, it was around the same time that you showed me both of those. Yeah. Um. So I tracked down a copy of this. Yeah, and I think uh, we watched it and then talked about it uh, via text for about two or three weeks afterwards because it's just 
absolutely yeah. out of it. Fantastic I film. The best way I can say, the best thing I can say is certainly f- from the point of view of just going into it cold, treat it like um, how we were saying about with Inside Number Nine. Mm, yeah. okay. Do not listen to the podcast to see yeah. whether you'd like the film. Yeah. Watch the film because it's fucking great. Yeah. And, I'm tempted yeah. to say, does it have some comedic elements? Oh, yes. It, it does, right. Okay, because okay. the it cover does make it look like elements. it probably does. All right. Yeah. That's, um, that's it then. That'll do. Yeah, that's all you need to know. Yeah, don't take it too seriously. <laughs> okay. And then just enjoy the ride because it's... You, you were going to leave me with that, weren't you? You weren't going to tell me. <laughs> say, but it's, it's the problem is it's one of those... It's, the trailer gives away too much of the film. Yeah, it, okay. it doesn't give away everything, mm. but it does. You You'll are get more from it. To, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, Lee just showed me this absolutely cold. Mm. Didn't see a trailer, didn't see anything. Didn't see the cover, didn't. And the, the, yeah, it was it just. Was. Well, I think the cover's just um, David Hyde Pierce. With a mm. glass of wine. Yeah, but it's, 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 but it's the look that he's giving <laughs> that yeah. is making me wonder. <laughs> yeah, so um, definitely, 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 100%. Mm. W- even if you're not going to listen to the episode, watch yeah. the post because it's yeah. fucking great. So. Fantastic movie. Mm. Right, so we shall be discussing that in a week's time. Mm-hmm. Um, right stuff. There may be a cheeky bonus coming up next week between between, uh, this episode and that, but I'm not going to drop any hints because I'm just going to drop it and surprise you all. So thanks ever so much for listening, everybody. Uh, Go and check out all the things we've been talking about. Go and watch The Perfect Host, uh, and we will see you all in a fortnight's time. Good night. Good night. Night Nighty-night.